in true pirate fashion, he's got two peg legs. I mean, every 15-year-old is going to say when I was a kid. I'm an adult now. Gosh. You cuckmeister. Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. So we got a bunch of people in the commons at Rickety Squibs. We got Manny holding his rifle, about to shoot it at Gare, the hobgoblin, who just stormed in, looking for Scram, being all rude. Now, Manny, you said you're going to shoot him in the leg. I'm going to shoot him right in the leg. Are you going for a call shot in the leg? Yeah, for the kneecap. Okay. So let me stop you right there, Manny. We're about to do something that uh, we haven't done before. Uh, we're going to have ourselves a little flashback. Ooh. So I want you all to let me paint a scene in the tapestry of your mind. A familiar sound fills your ears. The low, irregular, yet strangely rhythmic, gentle slapping of ocean waves on wooden hull. The sound is muffled, filtering in through the walls of a ship. You see a dimly lit room, small, yet the furnishings are efficiently organized to make the most of the space. There are several bookshelves, chests, and cabinets, and a single writing desk. Fresh clutter, open books, loose papers, quills, and ink vials, and other odds and ends, are strewn about, covering chests, stuffed into bookshelves, and abandoned on the floor. A thin veneer of chaos over the rigid structure of space. A person sits at the writing desk, two thick books between himself and the chair, the better to reach the tabletop, scribbling into a notebook. This is an even younger Scram and Acra. The room is suddenly plunged into darkness. The light source, a glowing lantern on the writing desk, had gone dark. The lantern wasn't glowing from within. The object itself had been glowing, illuminated by magic. From within the darkness, Scram's voice can be heard, first cursing the unexpected darkness, followed by several failed attempts to recast the spell. Finally, he speaks the correct incantation, and the room is visible once more, the lantern once again glowing. Scram massages his wrist, clenches the stiffness out of his fingers, and continues scribbling. Wham! Light floods the room as a door flies open, sending loose papers tumbling through the air. A tall, hairless hobgoblin with ashen skin looms menacingly in the doorway, a loaded crossbow held aloft in one hand. He lowers his arm, training the crossbow on Scram. Wait, no! Scram desperately begins stumbling over a new incantation, but the hobgoblin pulls the trigger, interrupting the spell. The blunted, tipped bolt hits Scram squarely in the ribs, sending the child tumbling off of his perch atop the chair. It's been 58 minutes. Why isn't your mage armor active? Scram rolls on the floor, moaning and massaging his ribs. I, I forgot! The hobgoblin scowls. He drops the crossbow with a clatter and strides over to the writing desk. Contrasting his violent entrance and ensuing anger, he reaches over the chair and picks Scram up gently, placing him lightly back onto his perch of books. Do I wait until we board a ship to don my armor? N no Then neither should you wait until combat begins to activate your own. S sorry, Gare. Gare looks at Scram for several seconds, an intense glare that forces the boy to look away, focusing on his hands in his lap. You've been using the captain's library for eight months now. What do you have to show for it? Scram's head shoots back up, looking the hobgoblin in the face again, excitement and determination in his eyes. A lot. I've learned a lot. And I can cast spells all the time now. I don't even mess them up anymore. Gare narrows his eyes at Scram, an appraising look on the boy. See? Watch! Scram steals himself for a moment, 
and with a deep breath, speaks an incantation and waves his hands, tracing an unseen glyph in the air. With trembling hands, he points to the lantern on the desk. After a moment of no reaction, the lantern jerks slightly, then slowly but unwaveringly rises up off of the desk in a straight line. A couple feet up, it then moves horizontally in a figure-eight motion. Finally, it floats back down, resting on the desk once again. See? I'm getting good. A half-grin escapes Gare's scowl. So you say. The hobgoblin looks at the bookshelf to his left and spots a book left open, both covers facing up, sitting precariously on the ledge. He grabs the book and turns to a random page. After a minute of silent reading, Gare returns his look of appraisal to Scram. What are Tensor's five principles of conjuration? Uh, um, calling, uh, creation, summoning, teleportation, and, uh, calling. Gare's grin widens, a malicious twinkle in his eye. You said calling twice, boy. The fifth principle is healing. Scram opens his mouth, but before he can protest, Gare cuts him off. You can do better, and until you do... I get to keep reloading this crossbow. Scram closes his mouth with a fresh grimace, massaging his ribs once more. I'll be back here in less than an hour. You better have your mage armor active. I will. I'll get it on as uh, as soon as you leave. Good. Gare looks around the room at the mess, as though seeing it for the first time. Many books have fresh tears and ink stains. And clean this mess up. I hope you can fix the damage you've done to the captain's books. I can try, uh, but I'm not good at that spell. Well, if you want to continue learning magic on this ship, you better get real good at fixing things. And with that, Gare leaves the room, closing the door with a snap, plunging the room into dim light once again, as the faintly glowing lantern remains as the only light source. As Scram looks around at the mess he must now clean up, looking a bit overwhelmed, the scene fades to black. It's worth noting, however, that Scram will forget to cast Mage Armor again, earning himself a fat lip upon Gare's return. And that ends our flashback. <laughs> so, that brings us back to the commons at Rickety Squibs. Nick, if you would kindly make your attack roll. 21 to hit. That hits. 10 damage to the kneecap. So, a cold shot, for anyone that doesn't know, is... Is a special attack that uh, you can make to a specific body part. Uh, you get a penalty to hit. Bigger or smaller penalty based on how big the body part is or how easy it is to protect. The leg is one of the easier parts to hit. There's three different levels of a called shot. There's the standard called shot, which is usually a pretty minor inconvenience or small penalty that doesn't last very long. Then you've got the critical called shot, which is if you crit, on the attack roll to make the call shot, and that's a much bigger penalty, much more debilitating thing happen. Then there's the debilitating blow, uh, which is if you don't necessarily need to crit to deal a debilitating blow, you just need to deal at least half the target's damage and also at least 50 points of damage. And that's usually something really, like you can blow off a limb or cause like internal bleeding. Sometimes they might get like a negative level or ability bleed. I want to uh, shoot somebody so hard they get a negative level. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's not negative levels, but it's 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 fucking terrible. Sometimes it's just straight up death. That's now Manny's only quest in life. <laughs> that that would be so annoying to have a just a dude who's calling every shot. <laughs> 
arm, <laughs> chest. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, just shoot. Like, you're definitely wasting some mental capacity and time and battle orders here by calling everything. But you don't care as long as he's hitting. You only yeah, care if they're missing. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling chest, hitting him in the leg. You look like an idiot. <laughs> if you miss a call shot, it doesn't, definitely doesn't hit a different body part instead. <laughs> All right, so you hit him in the leg. A regular call shot to the leg lowers the target creature's speed by 10 feet for 1d4 rounds if it has two or fewer legs. In either case, creature's speed cannot be reduced below 5 feet per round. Hitting the same leg more than once has no extra effect, but the speed penalty for hits on different legs stack. Additionally, any skill or ability checks involving movement, such as acrobatics or swim, take a minus 2 penalty for 1d4 rounds. So, let's roll that 1d4. And also, let's map out this... Alright, so I made some assumptions based on where everybody was. You got Scram hiding behind Avoth, and Manny and Shield are at the same table, unless you feel like you wouldn't be. I think I said before that I would take a step up. At the very least, I would be on the side of Devoth. Okay, that's fine. Now let's have everybody roll initiative. Oh, yeah. Scram? 15. Devoth? 18. Shield? 7. Manny? 12. Uh, that makes it Devoth's turn. Manny just shot a guy. Okay. Not entirely sure whether I should be stepping in front of Scram or Manny at this point. I am going to take a five-foot step to get in front of Scram, and all right, I'll tell Gare, stand down or you're going to get more. With a 23 Intimidate. Okay. Gare doesn't really seem to hear Devoth. He only has eyes for Manny at this point. He's going to take out some sort of vial... Drink it and disappear. That's fucking cheating. All right. Scram. Mage armor. The fights are. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be proud of me now, Gare. And I kind of just mage armor up like. No, he wouldn't. (laughs) Fight already started. (laughs) Oh, well. All right. You mage armor it up. Manny. Is it a dirt floor? Yep. I want to make a perception check to see if I can see any kind of like footprints or steps being made. There you go. Ooh. Look at Manny being all smart. Yeah, right. 18. Uh, you can't really uh, pinpoint his location. It's hard-packed dirt. You'd either have to get like like get your eyes down by the ground, or he'd need to be like stomping up and down. Okay. I'm going to hold my action until I see him reappear, and then I'm going to shoot him again. Okay. Shield. All right. So, seeing him turn invisible, I'm going to be like, uh, not so fast! And I'm gonna bull rush into Whirling Dervish, the space where he where he was was about. I'm just gonna start putting my shields out and spinning wildly. So you're gonna run over to the spot he disappeared, and then just like swing wildly. You're like offensively, like 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 yeah. Like I got my shields out, and I'm totally trying to smash some dude with my shield. All right. Well, that's the square they disappeared in. It'll take you more than a move action to get there, and you can't charge because there's a table in the way. Oh well, charge was just my mindset. <laughs> Can I totally stand where I am and just start attacking? Uh, sure. Pick a square that you want to attack. Uh, I'm going to attack the one to my left. Okay. Make an attack roll. You've got a 50% concealment, assuming you beat his AC and assuming he's in that square. Yeah, no problem. It's a 19. Well, that beats his AC. Come on, nerd. Let's go. Your shield whiffs gloriously through the air. Okay. Darn. (laughs) All right, Devoth. You told him to to back off, and he turned invisible. Maybe he turned invisible to cover his escape. Real quick, there's other people from like the 
workers that are in here, right? Yeah. There's witnesses. Good. When when you shot, I want people to know I'm gonna murder this fucker. When you shot your gun, the room cleared yeah, out pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. I mean, you said he he had eyes pretty much only for Manny since Manny shot him. Would I have noticed that or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you would have been looking at him like you better stop or you're gonna get more. And like he's just, just like, staring daggers at Manny, ignoring yeah, he didn't me. Okay. Even look at you. You're not sure if he even heard you. Okay. So I'm going to take a walk over to. I'm gonna stand in between those two tables in front of Manny, and uh, I get my axe ready to swing at him when he appears. Okay. So in game terms, I ready my action to attack if he appears within range. Okay. Unfortunately. I rolled the d4. His movement speed dropped by 10 feet for one round. So he had no, just enough movement to get there with a move action. And he appears right behind Manny where Mass Shield used to be. And he's got a big old greatsword in his hands. Oh, shit. And he's going to take a swing. There's a 20 beat your AC. Ties it. So, yes. You take 17 damage from his greatsword swing. Ow. And I believe you held your action for when you saw him, you were going to yep. take a shot. And that's going to provoke an attack of opportunity. Unless you decide to back off your held action. Nah, I rolled it. Alright. It's 17 to hit. Alright. Well, he misses his attack of opportunity. He got a 14. And 17 beats his touch AC. Yes. One damage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You were a little surprised. It just grazed his arm as he swings his yep. sword at you. <laughs> Alright, so that's uh, your new spot in the initiative. Scram. Scram's going to take a couple of steps diagonally. Uh, I think it's 20, full move action. 25. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he is going to aim color spray right at Gare. Okay, so he's going to aim it so that Gare's the only uh, one in the area. I, I will ask, what is Gare's HD? Uh, I don't think you would okay. know. So that's there's a few different elements to pathfinder where can't really know the ant like there's no knowledge role to figure it out like number of hit die or the the guy who you know got the kidney shot just now is a rogue and like the extra damage into a sneak attack like you can intuitively know that but like your character should have some way of figuring that out but it's still kind of like metagamey crunchy knowledge so what i've done in the past not that i've done it in a really long time i don't even think it's on the uh the house rules document is Anytime you want to know some sort of crunchy information, I'm going to let you roll a d20 at your base attack bonus and your intelligence. And I'll just kind of make up a DC on the fly based on how metagamey it is and based on whether or not your character... Uh, how likely it is that he would know this. Yeah, how like abstract the concept really is. Like Hit die is pretty abstract, but there should still be some sort of like... Like, oh, I could, I could totally use color spray on, you know, this beggar just by looking at him. But I probably couldn't use it on, like, the captain of the Royal Guard just by looking at him. You know, at the same time, like, where's that line? It's, like, anyway, yeah, just so make the roll. I'll let you know. I see you rolled a two. <laughs> that is a natural two. Yeah, but wait till you see his BAB. <laughs> Wizards get a <laughs> yeah, super high base attack bonus. Eight. <laughs> Eight. You have no idea. There's one way to find out. Yep. I uh, use color spray. All right. So what is the, uh, tell me what the hit die cap is on that. Oh, if the creature has five or more HD and fails, it is stunned for one round. If it's less than five, that's when it can get the other effects. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and the DC is 15. Yes. Uh, the color spray goes off, it hits him, and he is stunned. Nice. So that's not good for Gare. Uh, Shield, it's your turn. 
You ta- right. You're taking some wild uh, swings at the air, and then all of a sudden you hear, color spray, all coming from behind you. <laughs> can, uh, can I uh, amend one quick thing as a free action? Sure. Uh, hold them down. Just hold them down. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Okay. Shield, it's your turn. All right. Well, noticing that all the action is directly behind me, <laughs> I turn around and then bull rush once I came. Actually, I'm going to do it acrobatics, on, too, and I'm going to dive over this thing. All right, I'll say the you table. can get there with a 30-foot movement. Nice. Uh, make an acrobatics check. <gasps> Eight. <laughs> Amazing. It's not a super hard DC to jump up on a table. Please be five. Let me just It probably check. is. <laughs> it may only be five. It might what? be ten. <laughs> it's ten. I can't even do that right. <laughs> you trip over a shield. Um, it depends on how tall the table is. Come on, regular table. Say it's like three feet tall. It's a DC 12 acrobatics. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's what's going to happen. Stop smiling over there. <laughs> if it was a two-foot-tall table, you could have done it. I'll say that you do get on top of the table, but it takes you your whole turn. All right, I'll take it. Like, you go to <laughs> jump, and it kind of, like, hits you in the shin, so you got to, like, stumble up. Yeah. <laughs> you got the high ground now. Yeah, and that, mm-hmm. that means I win. It's over. Devoth. All right. Uh, I'm going to circle around the table. Actually, no, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go around Manny so that I can flank with shield because I can't stuff. flank with Manny. Yep. And I'm going to take the minus four penalty to kind of like hit him with, like flip my action around and hit him with a back end to try and knock him out. Ooh, okay. Chip's getting uh, some practice on the other side. That's new. Ish. Right, it's a minus four to do non-lethal damage with a weapon. Yeah, let me just look up what AC of a uh, stunned creature is. Yeah. My guess would be flat-footed. I think Matt should have a higher penalty. To... Why, because he's better? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's trying to not kill somebody. Ooh, so... I didn't realize that. Stu- he is stunned? That's yeah. the condition he has? Yeah. He drops everything held, oh. including his greatsword. Can't take actions, takes a minus two penalty to AC, and loses his dex bonus to AC. So he's flat-footed minus two on his AC. Oh, oh wow. Scram. That's so useful. That's brutal. Wow, who knew color spray was still relevant after uh, <laughs> after the enemies get harder? Um, all right, so that means his AC... I'm not going to tell you what his AC is. <laughs> Almost had him. <laughs> Almost got away with that one. Uh, so you're going for non-lethal damage. Yep. Going to hit him with the butt of your axe. Yep, and I'm not power attacking. Got it. Uh, so with the minus four penalty, that is a 17 to hit. That hits. I see Joe shaking his head over there. And that is 15 non-lethal damage. Alright. I will crush you but not kill you. <laughs> Blap. Yeah. Alright, it's Gar's turn. He's stunned. Manny. <laughs> He's stunned until He's stunned until Scram's turn. The beginning of Scram's turn, yeah. Okay. I'm very tempted to crudely go out of this guy. He's stunned. That's that's your call. You did just reload. We the just, only thing yeah. stopping you I'm is gonna, Scram I'm gonna going. put the barrel of the gun to his head. Okay, so we'll, we'll say you're you're gonna set up a hostage situation on him. Uh, yeah. All right. You need a refresher on what that is. Well, I don't really want it to be so much a hostage situation. Well, it wouldn't mechanically. Quick, it's, game, it's the way that Alex wrote up the at rules. A game, for I'm giving Scram one last chance to plead for this guy's life because right now I'm ready to kill him. I just got smacked in the face with this sword. So mm-hmm. just for flavoring, I'm kind of slowly putting the barrel to his head. If nobody says anything, Manny's going to pull the trigger on this. Okay, so you're holding the gun up to Gare's head. You then look at uh, Scram to be like, talk me out of it or else. Scram. 
Manny, please don't do this. Please don't kill him. I, I love both him. of you two, I can't, I won't hesitate to hurt if one of you two hurt each other. So, Scram is responding with violence, essentially. He's threatening you. He gets to live, but he must hurt. I'm going to shoot his hand. Like, put the gun right on his hand, blow his hand off. All right, so here's what we'll do. We're going to say that it is a hostage situation, just so you can do a critical call shot to his hand. Okay. Because that's basically what the payoff is. Okay. So, roll your damage, and it's a crit. So it's times four. Oh, perfect. Twelve on the damage dice. Well, you're rolling four times. Well, we'll start with a 12. (laughs) 8 is 21, plus 8 is 29, plus 11 is what, 40? Yeah. Hand. Critical called shot. Uh, Deals 1d4 dex damage. In addition, the target drops anything it's holding, uh, unless it makes a reflex save. Um, Items held in two hands are not dropped, but the target loses the grip with the one hand. The target also suffers the effect of a called shot to the hand for 1d4 minutes, which is a minus 2 to attack rolls, damage rolls, ability checks, and skill checks using that hand. All right. How much damage did you just deal to, to his hand? 40. 40, 40 okay. <laughs> that is outrageous. Basically, which... I want him for the rest of his life to look at a hook and know Manny fucking did that to him. Okay. All right. Now, mechanically, that should kill him, but... You're pointedly hitting his hand with the intention yeah, to not so like, kill Yeah, so think him. of it like if his hand was down on the ground, yeah. I put the barrel right here. Right. Like. Actually, wow, that didn't kill him. Uh, Gare's a tough son of a bitch. Uh, he's definitely unconscious now. Um, yeah, non-lethal damage. Roll the, uh, <laughs> yep. If he didn't take that non-lethal damage, he'd still be up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he'd also have no hand. All right, roll your dex damage. 1d4. Uh, appeared to be more than that. One. Okay. It was a clean shot. Yeah. <laughs> I think his uh, whole hand would probably be gone. I don't think it would look like a hand after that. You know, yeah, I mean... Like, he needs to have a hook. That was the intent of shooting his hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be at least 50 damage, but you did well over half his health. So, I'm fine calling it, like, a debilitating blow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> debilitate that fool. Everywhere he goes, he's going to be a walking billboard to not mess with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mess with the crimson mask. Real <laughs> yes, quick. Like real that. quick. Which hand? Right. Okay. All right, so that little Mexican standoff happens. Manny, you pow! Shoot his hand off, essentially. Like, he's he's still got, like, a gross flesh and bone stump where the palm of his hand used to be. You can see the, the sh- shreds of his fingers on the floor. Dirty scum. I walk over and grab, like, a rag and start cleaning the blood off my wound. Well, Scram, it's your turn. Are you... Was that sufficient that you're not going to respond with violence? So Scram is going to... Scram can understand where May's... Scram will have a conversation with Manny later, but uh, Scram does run around the back. And if there is a knife on the table since it's breakfast, Scram will grab it. Oh Yeah, there's like a like a steak knife. Scram runs behind Gare and will like kind of put it right up to his neck. On Gare's neck? On Gare's neck. Oh, whoa, okay. This guy's getting tag teamed. Is Gare actually unconscious at this point? He is unconscious. Okay. And I call over for uh, Sindera to get him at least somewhat conscious. <laughs> Make it so he doesn't bleed out on you. Yeah. Sindera comes running out from the crew quarters. She's just like throwing her blouse on. <laughs> like she just like heard a few gunshots. Followed by Sindera! <laughs> 
pulling her holy symbol out from over her neck. What happened? So she sees the the mess on the floor. She says, "Oh my goodness, uh, what happened here? Who who the hell is that?" Cinder, just please, please, just stabilize him at the very least. All right. She she looks at her holy <laughs> symbol, puts it back around her neck, walks over to Gare, and uh, hits him with a cure moderate wounds. He heals fourteen damage, which I believe also removes all of the non lethal. Nope, he still has one left. Yeah, but that's more than enough to wake him up. His head. Uh, like snaps up and like the blade of your knife kind of like digs into the skin a little bit and he like automatically like starts scrambling for his sword and then like he gets like a full account of like what's going on and he sees you scram holding a knife over his throat and he becomes very still and i imagine he would probably notice that his hand is now a stump it's probably still bloody, but it's like with the healing, it probably healed over. So yeah, like the uh, the pain is like numbed from the healing magic. He might not even notice yet because he's like mm. so like his the adrenaline is still pumping. Right. Honestly, I was I was kind of expecting uh, Manny to kind of cauterize the wound after he shot him with that bullet. Like just I think Manny might have <laughs> thought that was too good for him. Yeah. Real quick before Scram goes, I'm gonna hop off this table. <laughs> <laughs> Shield's just been up there this whole time. Yeah. All right, give me an acrobatics check. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to carefully step off one shield, then the other. <laughs> you just sit down on the table and just kind of pop off. Yeah. Sled off on your shield. Yeah. Gare's just staring daggers at you, Scram, even though you're the one with the dagger. And Scram is kind of staring off in the distance. Why'd you do it, Gare? You didn't have to do this. You're referring to starting the fight just now? Yeah. He leans his head back. On the floor, and he's kind of like looking up at the ceiling. He says, just shut up. As usual, you need someone bigger and stronger than you to protect you. I have nothing to say to you. Get up, Gare. Get up. And I, like, pointedly, like, get the dagger a little bit deeper, like he knows I'm being serious. He'll give you, like, like a hard look and begrudgingly stand up using his left hand. (laughs) (laughs) Now he can start saying my good hand. He's clearly realized that his hand is missing, but he's uh, trying not to uh, draw attention to that fact. He's standing up. Scram goes, we need to go talk to the captain now. And uh, kind of uh, looks at the rest of the team like kind of a quick, subtle, like, not, it's not in a begging way. It's more of like, I would like your support, you but if you're do. not. I don't think any of us are going to let you walk him by yourself back to his whole team. Yeah. alone like to to continue to have the knife at his throat you're basically like your arm is like extended all the way up because gare's a big motherfucker so you're basically no longer really like i mean you kind of are you're, you're yeah. like you got you got the knife and, and he's only got one hand but like it's pretty obvious that he's no longer in fight mode and he's just like going along with this not because you have a knife right but, i'm gonna pick up his great sword and kind of carry that for him I'm not going to, like, holster it on anything. I'm just going to, like, walk around town, like, holding it point down, like, almost like a walking stick type of thing. He doesn't look happy that you picked his sword up, but he doesn't say anything. Okay. So I lead him outside, and uh, whoever I notice would be on the same ship as him or whoever came in, I would tell him, go get your captain. Okay. It doesn't take long to find somebody who's a crew of the Dice Be Damned. You probably recognize them as an old crew member they see what's going on they run off to get the captain it doesn't take very long because are we uh, outside the yeah okay before we leave i would tell 
Sandera to take a walk with us. Yeah, all right. Like a minute goes by before uh, Captain Cork comes back. He hadn't gotten very far after he and Devoth had their little chat. So he comes running up. He sees what's going on. He says, Gare, what did you do? And Gare scowls. Why don't you ask him? Gesturing to Scram with his head. Is he enough gold for me to pay off my debt to you? (laughs) 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 Scram growing some balls over here. Big ones. How many meals did you put in front of him? How many, how much rum did you give him? Is he worth the same amount of gold that you gave me? Scram's like, kind of almost in a breakdown mode, like. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Could it be worth that much gold, Captain? He didn't put up much of a fight. (laughs) Mass Shield gets it. He he laughs a lot. Captain Cork, he doesn't say anything for about a minute. He's just kind of taking in the situation. Looks like he's thinking. He says, Scram, are you telling me that if I say no... You're going to kill Gare. In front of him, I I do flaming sphere. Whoa! Okay. So you like you set a flaming sphere like in front of Gare. Yep. All right. I hope this negotiation doesn't last another uh, twenty four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah. Okay. Your point is made. He says, uh, "Well, I'm sure he put up a pretty good fight considering he was outnumbered four to one." Fine, Scram. Give me Gare. Your debt is repaid, even though he does only have one hand left. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, if you, it's better uh, than him dead. If you if you read between the lines of what he said, that means that one-handed Gare is worth more than you to him. How long was he the first mate? Since before you started. I wouldn't have taken insult. Scram kind of just like, almost gives like a little bit of a shove forward for Gare. Like, Scram does uh, move the Flaming Sphere like out of the way. Not released yet, but like, it's... Out of the way. Okay. And push kind of idling. The yeah. Bit badass move. You- All right. So you you give uh, Gare a little a little push, and I back up five feet. Yeah. Just- yeah. You push him, <laughs> and he like pointedly doesn't move at the urging of your push, and then he walks forward. Uh, After he walks forward, I'll step forward and just kind of like stick the sword in the ground in front of the captain. I don't know how much use he'll have for this anymore, but uh, it's not mine. Captain Cork will pick it up. He'll pick the sword up and just kind of heft it over his shoulder. He looks around at everybody, and he looks at Scram, and he says, I guess I underestimated you. I'll see you around, Scram. He turns around and brings Gare back to the docks. And Scram kind of just backs away and is just kind of like having a breakdown moment, like whether it's behind the lodge or somewhere in private. Not before Mass Shield congratulates you on, I don't know what that was, but that was something. Sandera says, yeah, are you going to fill me in on what any of that was just now? I believe Scram just became a free man. You know what that means, Scram. I don't know if it's as free as uh, as I would like it to be. What do you mean? You're a free man now. That means your past is your past. You work for Devoth and nobody else. You owe no debts. I don't, I don't work for anyone. I just, I'm trying to get through this. And, you know, he kind of just, yeah runs off. Devoth is a little miffed, but he's going to let it I go. I was gonna say, going to say, is Devoth going to let that go? <laughs> Scram's going through some stuff. I'll let him apologize later. <laughs> after, so his, kind. after his flaming sphere goes away, yeah. he'll get a two-round head start. <laughs> Alright, wow. I'll, I gotta tell you, you guys, you, you had the numbers, but Gare's potentially a, a really, uh, really tough opponent. Yeah, but uh, see, could have accidentally killed one of us or something. He could have. The thing that Gare didn't understand though is if you have a problem 
with one of DeVos' men, that means you have a problem with DeVos. And when DeVos has a problem, he sends the Crimson Mask to solve the problem. Oh, <laughs> man. Badass. See, yeah, the thing with Gare is he makes DeVos look like a, a cool, calculated gentleman. So he didn't really think about the situation or anything. And also... I think if Scram hadn't uh, stunned him, that fight could have gone... Yeah, that would have gone much worse without the stun. So, that's a hero point for Tom. Hooray! Easily. Yeah, thank Easily. you. Oh my Easily God. hero point. And a hero point for Nick. Oh, thank oh, you. Nice. I can't wait till it's my turn. I <laughs> hope Scram understands, too, that uh, the only reason Gare's even still alive is because Scram asked for him to be alive to not be killed yeah because so in that moment i just got fucking whacked like yeah, and all i think is like i don't i don't want to do that again i can finish this right now yeah and yep. that's what i do i murder for devoth <laughs> yeah and you know the damage for the coup de gras wouldn't have killed him but there's no way he was gonna make a 40 fort save yeah that would have killed him anyway yeah so that's how you justify the fact that he lost the hand instead yep his hand failed the fort save <laughs> sure did <laughs> He was right-handed too, you son of a bitch. I think it's to safe that safe to say that we've uh, come across our first real rival pirate gang. Yeah, I was about to like, <laughs> and know. we're here like, for people, another four yeah, days. The boss might have some like revenge shit brewing, but yeah. like we've definitely created our first true. Yeah, guys, when I was like in like the beta stage for planning this campaign i was looking at captain cork and gare and going these guys would make a really cool rival for the group but that's <laughs> such a hard line to straddle because yeah. if i make them if i make them too antagonistic it's all too easy for the players to be like we kill them right. and like just not and have that disconnect right but if i make them too nice it'd be like oh no it's fine like they're just a little they're just kind of dicks that's fine it's funny yeah. they're our buddy pirates right? yeah the way things played out, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, that was tight. <laughs> right. Yeah, captain on captain have a little altercation. Then you had first mate on first mate. Yeah, and the shield. And, and the, the shield, shield was there. <laughs> Let's not forget. <laughs> Dude, wait till the next time he comes. Punch around. fighting in the commons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, who wants to follow that up? I'll take. A I'm crack. gonna go back and uh, eat breakfast. There you go. <laughs> I'm hungry now. Those eggs are gonna get cold if you don't get back there and start eating. <laughs> Um, I'm also going to go back to the commons just because I have nothing better to do and it's better to be inside than out in the heat all day. Walking back next to the Voth, I'm going to float you the idea. We should probably continue to keep sleeping on the boat and having watches even though the Incutilis is taken care of. If I were them, I would want some serious revenge. Revenge on Devoth? Not so much Devoth, but think about it this way, Devoth. Imagine I stroll in, claim I have debt from one of your men if you were in his spot you'd be pissed oh he he made it pretty clear to me before that uh gare's actions are his own he had a feeling gare was going to react poorly and he did so i i don't think we have to worry about any retribution while we're here if we run into them again out on the sea that may be a different story but i think we're okay for here if we run out to them on the sea again i'm killing that gare I don't like the fact that he's still alive, even though I let him live. It goes against my nature. You, yeah, you let him live as a favor. Yeah, it's like a reverse Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a hitman, you know, right? The Joker. Like, it's a mark that yeah. you didn't really finish the job. Mm -hmm. Does isn't that like an even worse defeat for Gare though? That he's still alive and has to live with it. 
Look, nobody's happy with this situation. <laughs> Everybody that was there walked away being like, I'm not happy. That's true. I don't know. Devon's doing okay. That's true. I didn't get hurt. I got to smack someone upside the head. Now I didn't get to go hang out for the rest of the day. I'm doing fine. Yeah, now yeah. Scram's talking, smacking wise about uh, his employees. Oh, yeah. so you're not oh happy that's either. right. Yeah. I got to yeah. deal with that, too. Looks like only S.H.I.E.L.D. came out on top <laughs> with some morning breakfast On top of the table. <laughs> with a little extra boxing practice. <laughs> He's ready to go for the next fight. Okay. So, y'all go back, finish your breakfast. Yep. Scram, uh, you doing anything? I'm going to my room and studying. Like, it's uh, kind of having, like, a mental flashback. So, like, Scram's, like, hardcore, like, ripping apart his books. Kind of, like, he'll make him whole again, but. <laughs> <laughs> he always <laughs> just finally learned it. Learned that trick from Gary. All right, so Scram is uh, doing some rage studying. And uh, everyone else went back to finish their breakfast. Yep. All right, breakfast is over. What you going to do with all those hours in the day? Um, the only thing I really want to do is when they gather for the lottery. Try and recruit. I'm going to, once every, once the lottery is done before everyone leaves, I'm going to make up and stand uh, stand up and make a big recruiting pitch. I'm going to go with the Voth I'm in. and I'm assist where need be. Yeah, for sure. All right. It's almost lottery time. And uh, you're on your way to uh, Chandra's little spot in the commons. And some people walk in from outside. One of them has a uh, a morning star hefted over his shoulder. You remember seeing these uh, were the people that uh, Rickety sent to Godwin's watch when uh, you turned him down. Okay. He's like walking and talking. They're like, I can't believe, I can't believe Lyle's dead. He was a drunk, but he was a damn good lookout. On the plus side, that was the easiest 2,000 gold I ever made. <laughs> Can you believe some schmucks pass on this quest? Easy money. <laughs> okay, so it's lottery time. Is anyone participating in the lottery? Nah. You guys seem to have your own methods of injure elements. Yeah, it's called not be a bitch. Ooh. Ooh. And, and being Ooh. able to sit inside all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, so who's doing the recruiting? Right here. I'm looking for a boy. You're going right. to do it on your own? Well, no, I'm going to do it with you guys, but... Well, okay. here's the thing. Each one of you can do, make your own recruitment check. Nice. Or one or more of you can assist on somebody else's recruitment check. I'm going to assist on DeVos. Okay. Uh, successful recruitment check nets you 1d4 plus 2 basic bitch recruits. So do we got Manny assisting DeVos, and then Mass Shield is doing his own thing? Yep. So DeVos, give me a bluff, diplomacy, or intimidate check. Uh, I'm going to do diplomacy. Okay. Manny? Diplomacy. Seven. Okay, so Manny fails to assist. So I got a grand total of 20. You just barely made it. So Endure Elements goes up, and meanwhile you're like, man, you know where you don't need Endure Elements? Out on the sea where it's nice and breezy. (laughs) (laughs) Come join Devoth's crew. And you get four people to sign up for uh, your ship. All right. They're good ones. Do we have to run them through any trials, or just the trial is the high sea? And maybe you had like six people be like, yeah, and you weeded out two of them who were like, slavery is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's slavery the same is for kids. <laughs> it's the same, same, same two, two that Scram had. Yeah. <laughs> they walk away going, damn it, I couldn't remember what I said last time. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember this. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next time we see him. We love slavery. <laughs> All right, Mass Shield, let's get, are you doing diplomacy, bluff, or intimidate? I'm oh, doing diplomacy. All right. Basically, I'm looking for someone to do my ship work for me, and I want to move into that sort of officer. lookout officer kind of role. Ah, yes, the lookout officer. <laughs> so, no, so hear me out. So basically, 
to Devoth, it'll be like, wow, that mass shield guy really works like two people, you know? So are you going to try to convince me that there isn't another person on the ship doing your job for you? You're so smart. When you say it like that, it makes me feel mad dumb. But... I mean, yeah, kind of. Like... So you're going to you're gonna low-key recruit somebody yes. who, who will hide from they the officers at all times. Well, this person will report to me, and yeah. I report to Devoth. So that when Devoth is like, S.H.I.E.L.D., how is the task that I assigned you going? It's like, dude, they're going. He goes, I don't know, hold on. As we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink. I mean, kind of, yeah. It's not like a secret, though. It's like, wow, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s really going out there and and recruiting as well. And he found his own little, like, prodigy. I guess that's what he does. He finds prodigies. Okay. (laughs) All right, make a fine prodigy check, please. Yeah, fine prodigy. Is it big? It doesn't look like That's it was a single six. digit. <laughs> That's a ten. And I'm just looking for one prodigy. I don't know more. <laughs> so if we divide uh, by four, I think, uh, I think I clear that bar pretty good. Ooh, I don't think you found any prodigies today? <sighs> but That's you got a, you got two more days to look for prodigies. Yeah, but with my rolls, I'll have to really <laughs> set my game. I'll need like a blessing or something, like a. Um, all right. So just a quick uh, refresher on your uh, your numbers. You guys had a crew of eighteen, and. It, requires 21 people including the pilot to get the ship going so you're now at 22 Maybe but but that, that number us. yeah that number means ah, that the officers right. will also need to be doing except work. we just added four more people so four oh. officers no 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 you're you're currently at oh, one oh, above okay. so the minimum the, number the one out right now yeah yeah unless he's the <laughs> pilot i don't know I was going to have Manny be the pilot because his sailor check is slightly better than mine. Okay. If you guys want the officers, you know, focusing on officer duties. Yeah, we got a couple more recruits we still have to get, obviously. Yep. Uh, yep. And I'm sure You don't have and... officer duties just to not do them, you know? That's why they're <laughs> officer duties. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keeping the ship above the water is more important than typical officer duty. Yeah. And I'm sure Lemon is doing some sort of recruiting, too, wherever he is. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a day's recruiting. Good and done with. Mm-hmm. Sleep next day. Let's recruit again. Anyone have anything to do besides just go through those real quick? Uh, I look for Scram if he's still... <laughs> has he come out of his room since the incident with Gare? No. He's got a do not disturb sign. I uh, ignore it and knock on his door. <laughs> you get disturbed. Uh, just give me a second. I got the mage armor. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? It's your captain. Scram kind of like in a fuzz opens the door. How are you doing? Seems like you had the rough go of it yesterday. All I want to do is just write down my spells and get through this time that I am in here with these guys. Not really articulating sentences at all, just kind of... So he seems fine now. Yeah. <laughs> normal scram. Yeah, normal scram. Um, I'm essentially going to choose to ignore that for the most part. <laughs> Be like, oh, all right, well, I'll, I'll let you get back to it in a second, but... Before that, I was wondering if you if there was a, something you could help me out with quick. I just need to to know something really. Uh yeah. I kind of pull chip off of my back and just hold it in like a non-threatening way, just hold it out. Um I say I know this chip has been getting a little worse for wear recently. He's been getting quite a lot of use, I'm sure you know. Um uh, noticed. I was wondering if you knew of any kind of uh magic spell to fortify him or uh, make him a little stronger so I don't have to worry about them breaking. Make a knowledge arcana or spellcraft check. 23. Which skill are you using? Uh, knowledge arcana. 23? Yep. What was the other option? Spellcraft. spellcraft. Oh, spellcraft. Oh, absolutely. 26. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. 
you're aware of a spell called Masterwork Transformation. It's a bit of a ritual. It takes a while to cast, but it essentially can turn any weapon, armor, or tool into its masterwork equivalent. So you could turn Chip into a masterwork great axe. It's not already a masterwork? Nope. It's just a a basic lumberjack axe. Basic bitch axe. I personally don't have the ability to do uh, the spell, but Scram uh, Scram does give the information or masterwork uh, masterworks transportation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give masterwork transformation. Give me your hero uh, point back. <laughs> no. You do know that it's not exactly a niche spell. Uh, most spellcasters can cast it, including clerics. I mentioned Cindera, and uh, she she probably knows the spell. If you want to go talk to her. All right, thanks. Make sure you get out once in a while. It's no good to be locked up in here all day. Go see the sun at least a couple times. Is that all? You know, I know you're going through something right now, so I'm going to ignore that, but uh, watch the tone. And I shut the door and leave. All right. And I go, Dad dealing with his teenage son. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to deal with you right now, Dad. So, yeah, after I leave Scram to his misery, I go and track down Sandera. All right. You find her. She's in the commons, fucking off. I assume she's sitting at a table. Yeah, smoking a pipe. Okay. I'll go and sit down across from her. Actually, I'm going to smoke a pipe with her, too, because that heals you, right? She can give you, a, a like, a heal. Yeah, if you either, either her or I would have healed you before this. I forgot you took okay, a crap so we'll ton of damage. Yeah, I'll take yeah, she's healed you. And okay. if you want to just smoke yeah, a pipe no, with her, you can do pipe. that. All right. Yeah, you find Sandera smoking a pipe with Manny. Nothing okay. like a good smoke after maiming a person. So yeah, you show up, Manny's like right here, pointing at his hand, <laughs> gone. And Sandera's like, yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw the <laughs> aftermath. <laughs> so I sit down at the table across from him. Morning, Captain. Can I pack you a bowl? Uh, maybe later. I'm okay for the moment. Well, suit yourself. I do have a uh, bit of a request, though. Shoot. I was just talking to Scram. And he mentioned the existence of a uh, a spell called Masterwork Trans something or other. Masterwork Transformation. Yeah, yeah that's the one. That's the one. And uh, I was wondering if uh, if I could get you to do that on Chip here. He's uh, he's looking a little worse for wear lately. He's been getting a lot of views, you know. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I could do that. It's it's not a simple spell. I need some expensive materials for it. If uh, you'd be willing to. To front me the cash, the the gold, it costs you the difference of... So it costs 300. Yeah, it costs you 300 gold. <laughs> so, funny story, I only have 200. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Call yourself a captain. Do you need to take a loan out, Cap? I kind of like pat my pockets down. <laughs> and I turn to Manny and he's like... Uh, I'll give him 150 so he's still got <laughs> shit in his pocket afterwards. <laughs> you go, uh, hey Manny, can you front your captain a little bit? I toss you a small purse of uh, 150 gold pieces. Okay. You got a cap. Sandera pretend she didn't see it. <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. push that purse and like my own with another 150 in front of her. Is all right? Like, that should cover what you need. I think so. Let me just go uh, see if Chandra's got what we need. And uh, lucky for you, I haven't prepared any of my spells yet today. So <laughs> I should be able to uh, get that going for you by the end of the day. Just then... The Mass Shield sits down, wondering what's going on. Oh, hey, hey, Mass Shield, what's going on? Oh, you know, waking up. Glorious day. I see the, uh, you know, the gold sacks and the uh, axe. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, sacks and axe. What's going on here? Chip's uh, getting a tune-up? Yeah, that's right. 
going to give him a little upgrade with a, a little spell called Masterwork Transformation. Oh. Do you know it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's too tough for me. Oh, if you say so. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a handy spell if you need it, but this will be this will be my first time personally. So, uh she grabs the the sacks of gold and uh makes her way over to uh Chandra. Okay. Smoking a big fat cigar. <laughs> so, other than that, I got nothing till the lottery and more yeah. recruitment. All right. We pretty much squeezed this island. I'm going to start weaseling my way into Devoth's heart with a uh, mass shield, you know. Hmm. So, no. <laughs> I'm kind of making sure that you know, I'm being more attentive to his needs as a captain. You Kissing know? up. Especially, he, he's yeah, aiming yeah, for yeah. that cabin boy position is what he's doing. Yeah, and with Scram fucking off, you know, and being all, like, <laughs> yeah. emo in the in his writing room there. There's no way you're going to take the Master Gunner's position, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need, like, a totally sweet position, but, like, I'm trying to get, like... Now, there there were, like, BS positions on the Wormwood, like Gunner's mate, yeah. Bosun's mate, that were, like honorary officer titles that's what i'm gunning for yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a cook's assistant like executive cook's assistant <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go <laughs> all right so uh lottery comes lottery goes give me those recruitment checks are we doing the same thing as the day before with uh mass shield doing his own thing yeah all right i got uh 12 this time to assist all, all right, right. Devoth, you got a plus two on your diplomacy uh, that is a 28. Nice. May it not be needed either day, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll get you da, 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 three basic bitch recruits. Nice. I did better than yesterday and got less. Yep. <laughs> well, you're thinning the herd. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's fair. You would have got the four today, too. Probably, you know. Today would have been seven. Definitely. All right, Shield. I see you rolled a one. <laughs> yeah, okay. But then I have a plus four, so... <laughs> There you go. Stand back. <laughs> so I think you might have recruited somebody's like torso. <laughs> if, we're go- if we're using the division rules, it's not you, enough. You pick up the pieces of Gare's hand. Like <laughs> this will do. <laughs> I wonder if Scram can you make this come shot, alive. <laughs> yeah, Scram knows make hole. I could make a person out of this. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have anything to do for the rest of the day? No, I just go and get my axe back. I'm going to attend to some uh, undisclosed matter business. Ooh. All right. You don't some, see S.H.I.E.L.D. Some mass brotherhood business? Yeah. You don't see S.H.I.E.L.D. today too much. He's uh, he's in the shadows. Okay. So it's evening, and uh, Sandera comes and informs you that she's about to perform the ritual if you'd like to... Uh, if you'd like to be there for it. Oh, I most definitely would. Hold on a second. Let me find S.H.I.E.L.D. because he said he didn't know this spell. Maybe he'll want to... Maybe he can learn a little something. I try to find shield, do I? Do you look in the shadows? (laughs) I mean, I'm not like... That's where he is. (laughs) I do a quick, like, lap of the area to see if he's anywhere that any normal person would be. Nope. Nope. Then I don't find him. (laughs) Okay. He's the mass shield. Why would he be anywhere a normal person would be? He's been following the sun around, like, the tree, like, the entire day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just been behind the commons all day, just following the shadow. <laughs> it's clearly not it. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Well, History. can't find shield anywhere, so might as well just go on without him. All right, so uh, you find Sandera near the docks. She's making a. Uh, she's been building this uh, like big campfire, like just like amassing all this like wood, and she's been adding these like herbs to the the kindling and everything. 
She's got uh she's got like a whole like stack of uh incense unlit. And uh she lights a large fire on the shore by the docks, uh next to several large rocks, half buried in the sandy dirt. It's not a massive fire by any means, but the heat from the flames still managed to make the already hot and dry evening air even more uncomfortable. Even from the safe distance the crowd of onlookers stands. Being so close to the fire, beads of sweat can already be seen forming on Sendera's forehead. So she uh, she hefts Chip. The clumsy proportions, which you've grown accustomed to, leave her holding it awkwardly. After a moment of inspecting the act, she raises it up with one hand and slices down, sticking the blade into the soft ground where it stays at a 45 degree angle. When she buries the axe in the ground and I see it sticking up like that, mm-hmm. anyone who's watching me sees me kind of like wince and grimace a little bit mm. as if remembering painful things okay she turns her back to the onlookers facing the fire no not the fire the ocean beyond arms raised over her head she shouts at the sea besmara i bring before you a deadly weapon an instrument of piracy it is imperfect i ask you today to bless this weapon and reveal its full potential let it swim through its enemies as a fish through the sea remove its imperfections so we may do what we do Send sailor, ship, and the occasional bounty to the depths of the sea. Anyone who worships Besmera would know that. Even those who don't worship Besmera, even the most atheistic pirate, is foolish to not send a, a chest of treasure overboard every once in a while to appease the pirate goddess. The fire roars upward, startling many onlookers. Even Sandera stumbles back in surprise. She quickly recovers, though, and lights an incense stick. With dusk slowly crawling ashore, the lit tip glows brightly in the semi-twilight. Sandera slowly paces around the fire, tracing several runes in the air, the lit incense leaving a glowing red trail of ember and smoke. After several minutes, she sticks the incense into the soft ground, where it continues to spew a swirling coil of smoke into the sky. Sandera hefts Chip with both hands and swings it through the flames. Though it only made contact for a moment, it comes out the other side glowing red hot. Again, she slices the axe into the soft ground, and in the flames, which are higher than ever, a scene plays. Chip makes up nearly the entire image. Pale green hands grip the handle in an amateur fashion. The axe strikes the base of a tree, sending it tumbling to the ground. The scene ends, leaving nothing but flames. Sendera lights another incense. Though the sky has grown darker still, you can still see that her face has grown beet red from the heat. She repeats the process and sticks the incense into the soft ground on the opposite side of the fire. Again, she hefts Chip, which is only faintly glowing now, and swings it through the flames once more. Chip glows hotter than ever, as Sandera sticks it back into the earth, revealing another scene in the flames. Chip is once more the focal point, with only Devoth's pale green hands and his target visible. This time, a kobold stands beyond the axe, slicing a dagger at its wielder. With a wild, albeit lucky, swing, the axe blade lands in the kobold's neck, killing it. The scene ends, and Sidera adds more and more incense to the ground around the fire. Each time, she swings Chip through the flames, which grow higher and higher, and incites another scene upon returning it to the earth. Several more scenes play of fighting kobolds and wolves, then suddenly shifting to fighting pirates on the deck of a ship. As these scenes progress, the skill in which Chip is wielded slowly improves. After several such scenes, you then see for the first time Chip without Devoth's pale green hands. No hands wield Chip at all. Instead, it's stuck into the post of a dock, the handle parallel to the floorboards. Hanging from the handle is a bag, with a note stuck to it. In the background, a ship sails away. Before the scene ends, 
A sharp breeze blows past the bag and snags a note, carrying it off into oblivion beyond. More scenes follow, once again accompanied by Devoth's now practiced hands. Manny and Scram recognize the familiar uniform of a Rohadami sailor being cut down. Next, strange goblin octopus creatures harass ship on a stormy ship deck. And then, in an underwater cave, mixed in with giant frogs, undead ghouls, a ten-tentacled octopus, and a very large burrowing insect. By now, Sandera is visibly fatigued. Her hair is matted down with sweat. Her breathing has become labored, and her wet, sticky skin seems to shine in the light of the unapologetic flames. Chip's blade is glowing so hot that several trails of smoke have begun escaping from the wooden handle, which, you can tell when Sandera picks it up, is clearly hot to the touch. Sandera buries Chip in the ground again, and another battle reveals itself. Another half-orc, though with the skin of a sickly yellow, jaundiced shape, and a short fat man, Phipps Chumlet, Harry Devoth with slashing blades. In a following scene, Chip gets buried into Phipps's collarbone, sending the fat pirate tumbling over the ship's railing. Next, a water naga lashes out from the water next to a dock. The dock only a stone's throw from where you all stand. Finally, Chip is swung at the bloated corpse of Tam Narwhal Tate. The scene ends. Sandera hefts the axe, gritting her teeth through the heat in her hands. She swings it through the flames, and the entire axe, blade, and handle glow cherry red. Sandera lets out a finalizing roar and lifts Chip over her head with both hands and sends it down onto the surface of one of the nearby rocks. Chip explodes. Metal filings and wood chips pepper the soft ground. The supernaturally tall flames recede to a normal height, sending the just now fully illuminated beach into full twilight. By the light of the fire, though, you can see that an axe is still gripped in Sandera's hands, as though burst forth from within a shed skin of steel and wool. Matted hair hides Sandera's face. From her held position, bent forward at the climax of her swing, a hoarse whisper can be heard. Thank you. She stands up, straight, and pushes her hair back out of her face. Though she looks exhausted, a wide smile escapes her red, ash-dotted face as she looks at Devoth, holding Chip out for him to come take. I approach slowly, That's, like, awestruck. It's a full hour past during that ritual. Oh, fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of, like, very slowly approach... Not entirely sure what happened, and a little taken aback by witnessing all of those memories. I slowly approach and reach out to take the axe from her hand. Okay, you take it. You immediately notice that the wooden handle is completely smooth. Gone are all the bumps, bends, and knots of the once unworked shaft. The blade now curves down at the bottom, granting a wider area to slice with. The blade also seems lighter, though still heavy enough to leave the axe perfectly balanced. With a couple practice swings, the axe seems to finish the motion of its own accord. Upon closer inspection of the blade, you can see thin red lines on one side, illustrating a set of intertwining tentacles reaching toward the sharp edge. Beyond these improvements, though, the wooden handle still retains the same pattern of grains, and the metal blade remains the same shade of light gray. You would recognize this axe anywhere. It's still chip, but chip as though it had been crafted by a master. There you go. Dude. I get like fucking uh, chills and like yeah yeah it's like it's, that was awesome. Thank I really you. like listening to you talk about stuff. So I've got a masterwork chip now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. I huh? walk up to Sandera and I say, "Here, do me next." <laughs> I, 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 well, I don't have a whole thing written out for I don't you yet. 
I like how uh, Axel's talking about, uh, it seems to have more cutting surface. In my head, I'm like, oh, that's just what Chip needs. <laughs> more surface on which to cut people. Well, he does Perfect. get a plus one to attack now. Yeah. Yeah. You got a plus one ship? Uh, I do? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost Take cannon. It Matt, edit that out. <laughs> you got a masterwork chip. You have, like, probably half of uh, Rickety Squibs is, like, watching towards the end there. There's, like, a whole thing. I mean, fucking pyre of fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so everyone's kind of like clamoring around to look at the subject of this crazy ritual that they just watched. I'm happily showing it off to anyone who wants to look at it. Like, but I'm very, very jealously not letting it out of my grip. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Anybody have anything else to do before bed? Nope. 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 All right. Everybody goes to bed. Scram actually sets up for the night. He like places a chair in front of the door and like tacks on the floor some form of like <laughs> anti theft sort of yeah. Home Alone two. <laughs> yeah, like Just pink hands tied up I by am, a string. I am some grown men to the hospital shenanigans. I am absolutely not about to be like walked up on. Okay. Okay, it's the next day. Anyone have uh anything to do besides recruitment? I'll assist with the recruitment. Yep, that's all I'm doing is recruiting. Not only am I recruiting, but I spend the morning psyching myself up with, like, a plan of how I'm going to, like, you know, I'm just going out there, like, half-assing it. Like, I'm really assing it. <laughs> you're going to really try this time? <laughs> Full ass, that recruitment. Give you a little hint. The spell Guidance, zero-level spell, plus one on your next ability or skill check. There we go. That's the kind of guidance I was looking for. <laughs> I spent all morning thinking of that and then doing it. Scrim's actually going to come out today. <gasps> so, yeah. Scrim will help out on the final day with uh, recruitment. Okay, so here's a big question. Are you assisting Devoth or are you assisting I am Shield? assisting Devoth. Uh, Captain, what do you need? Just uh, stand next to me here while I make my pitch and do something impressive looking with your magic. If you can. If you can. <laughs> Color spray let's upwards. Get, let's get Gare back here so you can knock him out again. <laughs> <laughs> Just color spray the whole crowd so they can't hear or see my speech. <laughs> Perfect. We'll just press gang him. <laughs> Thanks, color spray. Forward. All right. So, uh, Devoth, give me diplomacy. Scram and Manny, diplomacy for the assist. Is that natural That's one? A, yeah, that is. Oh, he critically one. fails. He brings him down. <laughs> Doesn't bring them down. So they both the, fail to the assist. Devoth, you're on your own, as usual. <laughs> oh. That's a 12. Oh, and, you guys... and, and yes, I do have a plus 10 to my skill. Why do you ask? Oh, <laughs> I don't think I did ask. I well, asked with my eyes. All right, Shield, you're our there only hope. I'm my only hope. I cast upon myself guidance for asthma. Oh, that's big. Is an increase. 15. You fail to recruit anybody. Oh, it's a DC 20. Check. Do me a favor, just roll that dice three more times. No. Please? 14. That almost would have done it. Nine. You really? I, I think you need to start rolling with your left hand. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Alright, so nobody, uh, it was, a, it was a slow recruitment day. It seems like We've maybe you guys. Everybody. Yeah, it seems like maybe you guys got everybody who was uh, willing to leave uh, the first couple days. Um, does anybody have any last minute stuff they want to do at Rickety Squibs? Is it possible for me to hire someone? Uh, yeah. You have money? I, I have remember. 12 gold. Oh my God. <laughs> How far will that get me? Let me look it up. It'll kill some time. Yeah. Seven people. <laughs> I got the fucking, like, worst people I could find. Like, <laughs> Alright, so you got trained hireling and untrained hireling. I like the untrained kind. 
They're probably cheaper, too. The untrained hireling is one silver piece per day, okay. and the trained hireling is three silver pieces per day. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So, you got a gold, you got a hireling for ten days. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we do the trained <laughs> one so that Devoth isn't mad? I should get the best dude I can get. I can always get more money. Yep. So I'll get the more expensive one. I'll really splurge. All right. So you find somebody who's, you know, they've done some sailing before. They know what they're doing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you can hire him for three silver pieces a day. Okay. I want you to keep track of that. I'll I'll keep track of it. So yeah, that's eight recruits, assuming assuming Shield keeps up on the pay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Twelve gold. I got him for just long enough till he gets to the next port. That's all I need. Because then I'll cash him in and trade up like he's a, a prize. <laughs> like a <card. laughs> Six legs. <laughs> yeah, like a car. Ah, I see at the bottom of the contract here is you can sell me when uh, we get back to port. Uh, you want to tell me what that's all about? <laughs> Don't worry about that. Shield Secret okay. Society is immediately setting up slave trade on the anti-slave <laughs> captain boat. No, but we're paying them. No, that's slave. No, no, no. Think college basketball. That's what, that's what kind of institution I'm running. Modern day here. slavery. Yes. Oh man! Wow! All right, student athlete. <laughs> can can yeah? Can you call it like the student sailor scholarship program yeah, or something I think I, stupid I think I'm like have that? Call it an internship. Yeah, I'll have to think about the mast internship. Like, the yeah. mast internship. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Wow, Tom. You can always was... count on Tom for us. I was like, I'll have to think about it. Tom's like, no, nah, stop thinking. The mast internship. <laughs> too stupid not to be called that <laughs> and you're even paying them so it's yeah. better than most internships yeah, yeah. does it exactly. now do does it come with the uniform i.e the mask or do they need to show Ooh, up to yeah, work with it oh shit is that gonna be extra expenses do i have to feed these guys oh no i would think that's well, probably part of the, the, the 10 silver a day oh, it's like my employer doesn't feed me but they fund my life right right so they indirectly pay yeah they indirectly pay right. for your food but they're not feeding right. you yeah, yeah. The mask, I, I imagine, doesn't cost all right. that much. Yeah. Sweet. All right. I figure I'm at this s- point we've probably got like a supply laying around for all the new crew. Here's <laughs> yeah. your mask. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Here's your mask. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually mandating that the mask is part of the... I'm not mandating, but I'm heavily <laughs> encouraging. <laughs> it's like 37 pieces of flair. <laughs> yes. It's like, all right, like, if you're not going to wear the mask... Like, like it's fine if you don't want to, but I really want you to wear the mask. Gotcha. <laughs> I can't tell you to wear the mask. <laughs> it's against the pirate Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> it's against the Hill Harbor Accords. Yeah, there you, there you go. Way better than a fictitious place like Geneva. <laughs> Can my hireling's name be Carl? We'll see. Okay. So after you're done recruiting, or attempting to recruit, Rickety approaches you all and says, Well, I hope you, uh, I hope you have enough hirelings to get you to your next location, because uh, we're just about finished outfitting your new ship. Uh, if you'd like to come with me, I'll show you the finished product. Yes. Brings you over to the dry dock. Uh, I eagerly follow. Like <laughs> I follow. I'm like ready to really rush past him as he kind of hobbles along. <laughs> so you get to the ship, and there's just like a massive sheet over the ship. Move like, that bus! <laughs> <laughs> so you all get there, and Rickety says, Well, I had to uh, cash in... A bit of a favor to uh, really get everything that you uh, asked for, Devoth, and I hope it's all up to your liking. He uh, motions to one of the workers. He says, would you please re- uh, remove the comically oversized sheet I have over the ship, please? 
the sheet is removed, and the first thing you see is the main sail, which has an image of a mask oh, over it. Badass. <laughs> oh. Uh, the next almost as immediate to spot detail is a pair of giant horns affixed to the side of the ship. To the side of the ship? Yeah, like oh, going, coming out and then like bending forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh, these are actually the rib bones of a massive sea creature. Uh, oh, so yeah. he's got a, uh, this is mechanically acting as your figurehead. Where a traditional figurehead goes... He's got a support structure that then extends along the outside of the ship on both sides, just below the railing, concealing and affixing a counterweight system of ropes that will keep a large amount of strain off the part of the ship that the rib slash horns are attached. The front of the support fixture uh, cosmetically resembles the snout of a bull, complete with a giant iron nose ring painted gold. Oh my god. Yes. A mass bull. Straight up pimp my ride at Rickety Squibs. <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah, I'm thinking about putting a fucking uh, bullhorn in here. And <laughs> got the, you know. So, also joining you for this big reveal is uh, Captain Cork. Uh, Gare is nowhere to be seen. Scram, do you have any reaction to, to his presence? Uh, I keep, like, a eye out onto my side, but I... Look forward, completely ignoring his presence outside of acknowledging that he's there. All right, so Scram goes cross-eyed, looking to his <laughs> side and straight forward yeah. at the same time. So Captain Quirk uh, catches Devoth's eyes and he says, are we doing this? I believe we are. All right. He reaches into his uh, into his coat and pulls out a bottle of, of Sargavan wine. He, goes, he approaches the hull of the ship and he says, well, Devoth, and he hands you the bottle, he says... What are you calling this new vessel of piracy? Are we, like, standing, like, right next to it? Yeah, you guys are standing next to it. Like, so the whole crowd is, like, a whole to-do. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching. I kind of, like, heft the bottle a little bit, like, grab it by the neck. I turn towards the crowd and I just go, I christen this ship the Mascador. And I smash the bottle against the hull. <laughs> <laughs> the Mascador! That shit is fire. You oh, smash yeah. the bottle against the ship. And Captain Cork gives the he like gives the ship a, a pat with his hand, and he uh, shouts over the crowd, "Good fortune and sure sail await what one can crack the tidewater rock." And the supports are removed from the ship, and it careens down into the water with a with a majestic splash. Now, some of you that were on the Wormwood might remember that same saying was said, and also might remember the mention of the tidewater rock on your journey which was supposed to be like a good luck charm for whoever owned it. It's an old adage amongst sailors of the shackles. Okay. Freaking sweet. And the ship drifts uh, lazily away away from everybody (laughs) and never to be seen again. It's not going that fast. (laughs) And uh, with that, you guys are ready to finally leave Rickety Squibs and be full-fledged pirates. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. See ya. We're Tuesday Gaming, record on Monday, release on Friday.